It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? A lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. Another reminder that the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. NFL Network, another reminder that the Chargers did not make the playoffs last year. They lost in Las Vegas. Get me some anti-Charger stuff in here now. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with the C, they choke. I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. Use the phone like a weapon. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. Just win, baby. And now, here's JT the Brick. Man, that's an aggressive open by Bobby Machado. The Charger open, man. Man, that should set the tone today. Welcome in, JT. As we get you ready today, middle of the week for the Charger game coming up at Allegiant Stadium. And we're excited about that this Sunday. A make-or-break game for both franchises the way it should be at this point of the year. Welcome into the show. We're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. PT's has told me that they'll have the World Cup on 60-plus locations in town with the sound up. So that's where you're going. If you need a spot, get up early, 6 a.m. The game will start at 7 a.m. Pacific time. The United States going up against the Netherlands. And PTs will have it all throughout the valley with the sound up and get on in there, get some bloodies, get a beverage, get going, and get behind this country. I'm excited to talk about that. There's a big soccer game going on as we speak. Argentina, Poland, Lionel Messi, the greatest player arguably of all time, with Ronaldo and Pele, nil-nil. And they had a whole bunch of shots on goal, and they need this. They, they, can, they can't lose this game. The greatest player in the world advancing. And we've been talking soccer. We've been talking World Cup because that's what we do here. The Raider game. Wow. This is a big one. Yesterday we recorded Raiders Roundtable. Maybe you heard it. You've seen it yet if you're on YouTube. We'll play it on Friday as we all often do. This is an important game. I look at it in a couple of different categories. Both these teams, this rivalry throughout the decades, uh, playoff games, Dan Fouts, Plunkett, Marcus Allen, Kellen Winslow Sr., Ted Hendricks, the Mad Stork, J.J., John Jefferson, the great players who have played, and then the Ladanian Tomlinson years with Junior Seau and Phillip Rivers. How about those years? I caught everyone but one of the Rivers games in San Diego plus Oakland on this. So I've seen them all. And now Justin Herbert takes over the rivalry going up against Derek Carr. This is a real rivalry to me because both of these fan bases have been competing against each other for a long time. Al Davis's friendship with former Chargers from up in L.A., the L.A. Chargers initially, the birth of the Raiders, the history of Sid Gilman. If you go back to the history of this rival, man, it's got some juice. This is a real rivalry. Now, I think the best thing to happen in this rivalry is the Chargers, who tried to go to Carson with the Raiders, ended up in Los Angeles with the Rams. And the Chargers have problems. They can't draw. They just can't draw fans because L.A. doesn't want them. And San Diego will not go to L.A. and support them. But they do have one thing going in this rivalry that can change everything, and that's Justin Herbert. Herbert is the type of player who can get fans to gravitate over to his greatness. And then you get new Charger fans from Anaheim, Southern California, Dana Point, even as north as San Diego, Oceanside, Carlsbad, whatever it is, Justin Herbert is elite. He's not very good. He's in that elite category. 
where I've had players like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, who's coming back, Aaron Rodgers, of course, Tom Brady. In the elite category, Herbert is there already because of his arm strength and his ability to make plays outside the pocket. Just like Josh Allen. If I asked you right now today over a beer, over a Modelo, who would you pick right now to start a franchise, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? I think that'd be a great debate. I don't know. A Herbert, to me, is exceptional. I've seen him play live. I've seen him play live in Allegiant Stadium with no fans. It blew me away. It blew me away. He threw a fastball like Nolan Ryan in the back of the end zone with three Raider defenders. The ball was like a foot away from him. They could just slap it down, and the pitch came in at like 100 miles an hour, and the Raider defenders looked and said, oh, my God, what was that? He's that good. Okay, but he plays on a team that's very erratic due to injuries. Mike Williams never plays. Keenan Allen's always hurt. Derwin James has been injured in this rivalry. So the injury report will be very significant coming into this game because the Chargers are never, and I repeat, never at full strength. They're never at full strength. There's always someone missing. But look at here. So are the Raiders, as the Raiders don't have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And you might be saying, why is JT always mentioning Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller? Well, they're not available for this team, and they're fighting for their life. This team is fighting for their lives, and when, they're, when players are injured or we're talking about their future contracts, I step back. We're on the flagship of the team. I work for the team. Can't walk around that organization saying, hey, man, this guy's not playing. He should be playing and all that. When the trainers and the coaches say a player is not available, they're not available. When they are available, then we can judge them, and we can judge them on what this season looks like. This is a throwaway season for Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Two players that have the ability to be great in a league where greatness is personified with bonuses, salaries, Pro Bowls, and legacy. These two gentlemen are not available to play for this team that has been fighting for their lives the entire year with all these one-possession, one-score games. Next man up. Next man up. Cole, whoever it is, Hollins, someone's got to step up. And fortunately, it's been Josh Jacobs who's playing at an MVP-type level or an Offensive Player of the Year level. He's playing unbelievable. And so is Devontae. And Derek's putting up his traditional really good numbers, but Derek now has to play elite. And that's the focus of the monologue as we open this up. This is a car game. This is a Derek Carr game. And Carr did it last year in the greatest regular season finale in NFL history, no debate. It eliminated the Chargers. In a must-win game, Boy Blunder, the coach, went for it on 4th and 18. The Raiders won the game, and I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment at Allegiant Stadium. I don't think it'll ever be topped in regards to a significant game, regular season, the last game of the year. Never. In the history of football going forward 100 years from now, there will not be a game, the last game of the year, with that much on the line that was that entertaining. They called it an instant classic. And the Chargers want this one as payback. They wanted his payback. Forget about the opening game. When the Raiders were asleep, they were sleepwalking to open up the season. They weren't ready to go. Devontae got all the targets. They were down early. And then Derek tried to lead them back where they had the ball late with an opportunity to win, and they couldn't do it. They, they fought hard in the second half of that game. But the Chargers want this game badly because of the way the season ended. Their owner was on the field in overtime last year. 
Can you imagine what that plane ride was like going back home to Los Angeles with the Chargers eliminated as the Raiders were celebrating in their state-of-the-art locker room? That has fueled them and motivated them to tie off season in this rivalry. So they're coming in with their A game, and they're probably going to play really well. Someone's got to block Khalil Mack. Or, I think that Colt Miller could have a Pro Bowl season, but he didn't start off well against Mack, and they got Bosa. And the reason why I tell you this is a car game, because Bosa likes to get in the head of car. Say, hey, we're going to rattle him. If we rattle him, he won't do this or that. So they know what they're doing over there. Max is, Mac is Carr's best friend. Bosa always tries to get in the head of Carr. And there's no Waller and Renfro for those guys to cover. So they are going to be blitzing and they are going to be attacking. And Derwin James off the edge. And Derek Carr has got to put this team on his back if Josh Jacobs isn't available to do that. I mean, if Josh isn't able to have this unbelievable game like he's been having. So there's a lot going on in this game, as you can tell. I'm very fired up for this game. I'm looking to hear from you on what the Raiders have to do to win the game. I have all the stats in front of me, and I was prepping for the show today. I looked at the Chargers' season this year at 6-5. and five. Man, how, how's this team 6-5? and five? Come on, man. They played some games here that they should have been beat, and they got a couple of breaks. They open up the season beating the Raiders 24-19. Then they lose at Kansas City 27-24. They got smoked by the Jacksonville Jaguars, smoked 38-10. They beat Houston 34-24. They beat Cleveland in a game they should have lost. They gave the game, they, Cleveland gave the game to them late, and the Chargers win 30-28. They barely beat Denver 19-16. Do you know they lost to the Seahawks? 37 to 23 a team the Raiders just beat in overtime they beat the Falcons only by three they lost to the Niners in a close game Uh, they lost to Kansas City again look at this 30 to 27 in a game they could have won and they barely beat Arizona Raider Nation how would you like to have almost barely beat Arizona that's the game that Kyler Murray ran around for 20 seconds and beat the Raiders well they had to go for two to beat Arizona and beat them 25-24. to 24. And if that was a game, they should have lost to Arizona last week. Their record would have been 5-6 and six coming into this game. Now it's 6-5. and five. So I think the way you look at this is the way I look at a lot of it in sports, like the World Cup. Winner move forward, loser go home. So here you go, Raider Nation. Here's your elimination game. Here it is, right in front of you. Uh, how are you going to win? You got to win this game. And it's got to be electric out of the start it can't be a slow start like it was at SoFi Stadium for this team and we know that the Raiders can finish late and they can finish strongly look at the last two games in overtime Foster Moreau Josh Jacobs Devontae Adams Josh Jacobs with the walk-off we know what this team could do late in the game if they can get to late in the game I don't know if the Raiders are going to win this game by three or lose by ten it's one of those games it's very hard to judge And I think it's going to come down to the injury report. I really do. It's going to come down to the depth of the Charger receivers who aren't elite. If if Allen, and especially Mike Williams, who I heard this morning, an insider, was on the morning tailgate, and Mike Williams hasn't been around much, so we'll know by the end of the week. If that's the case, the Raiders have to stop Eckler out of the backfield, who's a really good player. He actually lives here in Vegas. Did you know that? Austin Eckler lives here. And the guy is really good. And the guy can do it as a receiver on top of it. 
So Austin Eckler is a really good player. Eckler on the year, 12 touchdowns, and the guy can do it in the air or on the ground, and they got to keep an eye on him. So this is going to be very important that they have a big game here. Mack has seven sacks. When I look at the rest of the stats, Bosa hasn't shown up this year. He's playing like Chandler Jones with one and a half. Mad Max Crosby is the best defensive player on the field. How glorious is that to hear? Khalil Mack is a great player, one of my favorite Raiders when he was here. Crosby's having a better season than Khalil Mack and Bosa. Combined, if you look at the numbers I have in front of me. So this is also a Mad Max game where Mad Max is going to have to get to Herbert because Herbert is just too good. He's like a young Elway. If you don't get him and you don't get him on the ground, what he's going to be able to do is just pop up, uh, slip out of a potential sack, and just throw it deep downfield. Then the ball will get there faster than Derek Carr and other great quarterbacks, quarterbacks with good arm strength. That's how good he is. I think the Raiders have an advantage in coaching. I don't think everybody would agree with me on that because of Josh McDaniels' record here, but I know Josh McDaniels has far more knowledge and success than Boy Blunders ever had on the other side. And I know Josh McDaniels won't go for it on 4th and 18 like the other coach did. So I think there's a coaching advantage here, but the Raiders have got to play at a high level. They fed Devontae in the first game heavy. I think that could be the case today if he's single-covered. Derwin James coming into the box, I think, is going to be a key factor in this game to stop the run. Fortunately, Josh Jacobs has done the Raiders a great service. He now has every defensive coordinator wondering how they're going to defend him. Are they going to have to put someone in the box or not? Other people say run right at Bosa, run right at Mack. I get it. You know, you want to run right at those guys. That's what Lincoln Kennedy told me. But, you know, those guys are great players. If you run at Max Crosby all day, Max is going to get you. You run at these guys, they might get you. And then the kicking game, Carlson has not been perfect as of late, has not been perfect. Well, that's another Mexican goal. Mexico goes up 2-0. Mexico with another goal. They're going crazy. Mexico going crazy. Mexico 2-0 in Group C here in the 52nd minute. The kicking game, Carlson hasn't been erratic. He's just missed a few recently after a streak. And the Chargers are making kicks with guys who have, like, blown out hamstrings and they're making kicks and recovering fumbles to win games, which I just can't believe. So who's going to win the game? I know this is Raider Nation Radio. Raider fans are going to think they're going to win the game. How do you win the game is the key to this show. The insiders join us. Jason Horowitz is the voice of the Raiders. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Vinny Bonsignor will join us next hour. And Bill Williamson. Bill Williamson, who's been covering the Raiders longer than anyone I know personally, he's going to join us at 1245. So we got a real busy show here. And I believe that Josh McDaniels is having a presser later. We'll play a portion of that. I'll interview the coach tomorrow in the facility, and we'll have a lot going on here. So that's where we're at. Let's hear from you, 702-365-9200 on what you believe will be the key to the game, the most important aspect of this game. I'll tell you, it's worth the price of admission. When the Chargers come to Allegiant Stadium, it's fun. I mean, these games are wild. These games are wild games. They're unbelievable. I mean, the star power on the field is incredible. The rivalry means something. Raider fans don't have to worry about 30,000 Charger fans coming to the game. There'll be a few. I mean, put your seatbelt on when New England comes here, Kansas City, and the 49ers later in the year. This should be an aggressive home field advantage for the Raider Nation and an opportunity to keep momentum here. 
This is what we've been waiting for all year long, everybody, is the Raiders to have a chance to get back into it. And as Fred Bolitnikoff, who I keep telling you, told me two, three weeks ago, just get to the Charger game. That's what he told me, one of the all-time greats. Get to the Charger game. When this team was really in a tough spot, Freddie B was looking at the schedule and said, you know, the way I'm looking at this, get to the Charger game with some wins, and the Raiders have. Now they have to win, and they have to win aggressively. This is a massive week coming up. They play two games in five days. They play the Chargers on Sunday and the Rams on Thursday. Both winnable games. When the schedule came out, the Rams, as the world champions, that looked like a tough game. They're kind of shutting it down in L.A. There's guys who aren't going to come back from injury. There's no need to. They're out of it. But that's not the case with the Chargers. So if the Raiders can beat the Chargers, they'll have a three-game winning streak going into a home game in Los Angeles where Ram fans will be selling their tickets to Raider fans in the parking lot. It'll look like a scene from Braveheart as Raider Nation will be buying tickets for 50 bucks and invading SoFi going in there wearing silver and black. But that only happens if the Raiders beat the Chargers at home and protect the Legion Stadium. They have to do that. They have to play well at home. We know what the schedule looks like the rest of the way. We know what's in front of us now. Let's hear from the nation to find out how they win this game. I was really positive that they were going to beat Seattle. I told you, Gino, Gino, we're going to win that game. I was pretty comfortable they beat New Orleans. They didn't. Pretty sure they beat Jacksonville. They didn't. Really nervous I was about Indy. I was right on that one. I said, oh, my God, this Jeff Saturday thing going to inspire the team. Raiders lost that game. We still want to get away from talking about New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Arizona. Holy crap, what could have been this year? What could have been this year, Arizona, New Orleans, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Give us two of those four. Not three out of the four, which is fair, or four out of four. Just give us two out of four, and where are the Raiders are already in second place going into this game with the playoffs on their mind. So dig out of this hole, which the Raiders have. The locker room is deeply, deeply connected here, and there's an opportunity now to get going. There's an opportunity to get going now And I think this is going to be a massive game. I'm going to USC, Utah on Friday night. And I'm going to the Raider game at the Torch to host the pregame show. And I got my A game. I've been through this rivalry. I've been on the field in San Diego. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole as they're double burdened Junior Seau and they're hanging the dummy. Harry's hanging the dummy in the black hole over the end zone screaming loud at Phillip Rivers getting in his head grabbing at him. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. It's a do-or-die game. I think it means more to the Chargers' big picture because if the Raiders beat the Chargers in this game, I can tell you honestly I don't think the Chargers will make the playoffs. If the Chargers beat the Raiders in this game, I think they'll barely get to the playoffs as a wild card. I really do because I looked at their schedule. So this is a do-or-die game for L.A. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. Thor in Vegas with his YouTube channel and his YouTube show. How are you, Thor? JT, my brother, man. I'm, I'm doing a lot better than last time I talked to you on here. I was, I was pretty upset at the way Raiders were playing, the way Raider fans were acting. 
Um, I'm happy with two overtime wins, man. Two walk-off wins, two games where you saw the team fight together. I don't care what they do as long as they come out and fight, and they came out and fought, right? And I believe the same thing this week. How do we beat the Chargers? We go in there. We fight together to the end. We limit mistakes. We got to limit penalties. We don't want any stupid turnovers. Obviously, there was a couple of picks early in that game. We were able to fight back. But big players have to make big plays at big times. Last week, obviously, Josh Jacobs was that big player. Well, whoever it is who steps up this week to be that big player, whether it's Josh again, depending on how he's feeling, whether it's DC4, whether it's Devontae, that, that, that one-handed catch, that Devontae made last week where there was no flag thrown while his hand was being dragged down, right? So whoever it is, big players, if, if Mac Hollins got to step up, obviously we know Max on the defensive end is going to come with it. We need someone to step up. I'm not sure if Nate Hobbs is coming back this week or not. You probably have more information yep. about that than I do. But big players got to step up. We got to limit mistakes. We got to play smart, run the ball, play action, real regular football, and beat these dudes. Be more man than them, and and take them out of of take them out of talks of being a great team. Yep. Thanks, Laura. Again, it's it's good rah rah. I think it's great rah rah radio. I love rah rah radio. I love pressure packed radio. This is that. The Raiders are sitting here with four wins. They should comfortably have six to seven. Most of the NFL is now starting to understand this with the one possession losses in their last two overtime games. The Raiders are now starting to get the respect of being a team following a plan and trying to get to the ultimate goal, which is hopefully this year trying to make the playoffs, almost running the table, but having the building blocks of now who's going to be kept, who's going to be left behind, and then who they're going to have to get in the offseason. And a lot of people are now getting what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are trying to do. They understand it. I think you understood it initially at the opening press conference, but a lot of people just got so riled up with the record, they forgot about the plan. So now the plan is becoming more clear, but these are games you got to win. The Raiders aren't playing for a draft pick. Raiders aren't playing for a top draft pick. They're playing to win games. Mark Davis sits with Marcus Allen, Jim Otto, and Jim Plunkett and George Atkinson during games. You think Mark Davis is playing for a draft pick? Mark Davis has the jewel in the desert. He wants to win every quarter of every game and win every game. There's no joking around now. There's some positive momentum. Build on the positive momentum. Raider 27 in Salt Lake City. You're up next. Go ahead. JT, we don't need to be looking in the past because those games we had Half of a team that had never played with each other were learning a new complicated offense and defense. This is a completely different team than we played with during those games that we lost. So I just kind of discount that and look at next year. They're not going to be learning a whole new offense, a whole new defense. To beat the Chargers, it's always hard to beat the Chargers. The Chargers aren't going to lay down for the Raiders if they're 0-8 or whatever. It's going to be a tough game against the Chargers. They're going to have to play a clean football game. They're going to have to get some turnovers. 
and they're just going to have to physically dominate the Chargers and physically take that game away. Mm-hmm. No matter whether it's through the air or over the ground, they're going to take it away. And JT, we need you at that at that uh, um, uh, torch, torch, firing everybody up and getting everybody rolling because we're going to need everybody to the Sunday. So I expect you to be there doing your job. Oh, I'll be there. We'll be there at the torch with Eric Allen, who I've been texting with today. And, you know, Phil Villapiano, a lot of the legends that are coming there. That's why we love you to come to the pregame show. We've got a lot of legends hanging around out there. Even when they're not on the stage with us, they're having a beverage and they're right by us up there by the torch. So get in there, get in there early and uh, have a good time. We'll be out there. I'll be at the Black Hole tailgate. I think the tailgate from talking to Cisco and Rilla is going to be pretty amazing coming out there. The weather is incredible for a tailgate, and hopefully it holds up here and we have a really good time. Gangster Raider checking in ahead of the Charger game in Southern California. What's up, JT? This Big Boy Radio, right? So in order to win the game, I think our defense has to step up like they did the last game. If they play like they did last game and we get that pressure from the middle, because we got pressure from the middle that was um, greatly helped the defensive line as a whole, and it helped Max, and it helped um, Chandler Jones. A lot of people sleeping on Chandler Jones just because he didn't get a lot of sacks, but he played well the last game. And also, especially if Nate Hobbs come back, comes back and provide able to provide pressure for on the back end where they get more time to affect Herbert, then we got a good chance because we can get to Herbert and make him rattle like they say. Their car gets rattled. If, if we can rattle Herbert and make him one-dimensional, I mean, not one-dimensional, but more flinchy, not as confident as he is because he stands in a um, pocket like he doesn't have a care in the world. We got to stop that. And also, last time we played him, I was at the game in L.A. We had five turnovers just from Derek Carr, three interceptions and two fumbles. So we have to win the turnover battle. We didn't have any turnovers that I remember on our end. I mean, we didn't force any turnovers from them. But we gave up five just from Derek Carr, three interceptions and two fumbles. So we need to um, win the turnover battle. And um, also on offense, if Josh Jacob plays, we need to run Josh Jacob, you know, but don't run him into the ground, but use him as a decoy. Because a lot of times on first down, We'll have plays with um, an empty backfield. And to me, that let the defense off the hook because then they don't have to worry about Josh Jacobs not only running the ball but coming out the backfield, and you can just strictly concentrate on the pass play. Our first down calls need to use the um, threat of Josh Jacobs even if we don't use him. You understand what I'm saying, JT? You know what I mean? If we do those things, we could win. Not easily, but we should want to win and win um, convincingly. Not easily, but convincingly. You know what I mean? And um, also – this game needs to be, even even if we don't think we can win the playoffs, go in as a spoiler for them. You know what I'm saying? Just like we ended their season last year, and even though we went to the playoffs, let's try to end their season now and then start thinking about the playoffs after we stack a couple of more wins. That's how I see it, JT. Keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot for checking in. I just got a great text from former head coach in the NFL and Raider assistant, Al Saunders. Everyone remember Coach Saunders. What a beautiful, great human being. And uh, he's coming to the game for the silver and black and uh, being a former Charger head coach. And he's going to stop by and say hi. I love Al Saunders. Really made my day getting that text from him. Making my day hosting today ahead of the Chargers game. Remember, the Chargers are very physical. you got Khalil Mack, Bosa, Derwin James, and Herbert. They are really physical. 
So they're going to bring the physicality to the game, and I expect the Raiders to. It's going to be a great game on Sunday. We are brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Derek takes the snap, back to pass, looking right, pressure, lofts, far corner of the end zone, open receiver, touchdown Foster Morrow, touchdown Raiders, back right corner of the end zone, he ran under it to grab it from six yards out, and now the Raiders with a chance to tie the game here in Seattle. That was a big part of the game, you don't get to overtime unless that catch is made. Jason Horowitz joins us, the voice of the Silver and Black. What a show we have lined up. And your call of the Josh Jacobs walk-off will be with you and your legacy the rest of your career with the Silver and Black. How good did that feel? It's pretty cool. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I don't, there are probably a lot of play-by-play announcers who have never had overtime walk-off in their career. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to get two in back-to-back weeks. How about we go three for three? With a, <laughs> I don't want to walk. I mean, I mean, can we, is it asking for too much? Well, I'd like to see the Raiders win in the uh, in the course of regulation. I don't know if we could stand Why? another overtime wait, game wait, wait, wait. here. Is that is that just because you want the pregame show to start earlier? Is that is that? Is oh, <laughs> don't tell them my secret. It can't start early enough with a victory. You know, we talk about this. I watch the fourth quarter, the third quarter with my wife at the seats, and then the fourth quarter I go up and see you for you know about ten right. minutes, and I got to get to that elevator because you know how weird the elevator gets, right? Got to hold them up for the coaches, and then I got to walk from our side all the way to the Modelo Cantina Club, and that walk has been very dramatic for me over the first couple of years here, because every game, every game at Allegiant Stadium has so much drama in it, and now the Chargers come to town, and that's coming off the greatest regular season finale of all time last year. Oh, no question, and you know, as much fun as we had last week in Seattle, I know you weren't with us there, uh, and, and it obviously made more fun because of the win, um, they had a whale of a game themselves uh, going for two and, and winning the game at the end uh, of regulation. And, you know, we all know the, the, uh, the way that they've gone for two and fourth downs and the analytics that they've been using under Brandon Staley and all that stuff. So, like, you've got two teams coming off major emotional rides uh, in Week 12. And, and so now let's, let's have a rematch from Week 1, right? Let's, let's have a rematch with... Let's split the season series, and uh, and then we'll, we'll worry about what happens after that. But three in a row would be pretty awesome. Jason Orwich joins us. As everybody was talking about the Raiders, three and seven going into this game. If you look back at the Chargers, they had no right to beat the Browns, thirty to twenty-eight, on the on the global mistake the Browns made late in that game in Atlanta. In Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons fell on a turnover to win the game and fumbled the turnover, and the Chargers ended up winning the game. And the Chargers go for two against Arizona. If they don't convert, you're talking about three losses. They got six wins now. We'd be talking about a team that's three and eight. This is how close this season is. And the Raiders weren't getting the breaks early, and the Chargers got a bunch of them. But the Chargers are really good. I'm concerned about them because they got a lot of good players at specialty positions, the quarterback, and especially Derwin James. No question. You know, there's a couple of things, though, that I think are very different right now than week one. Um, And remember, week one came down to the wire, too. Derek had three interceptions in week one. But 
the Raiders still had the ball in the last four minutes with a chance to go down and tie, which, you know, we've seen a lot this year, but it all started with that. Um, their offensive line, the Chargers' offensive line, Rashawn Slater, who was a wonderful rookie last year, he's been out since week three. He's out for the season. Um, their starting center, who's a pro bowler, Corey Lindsley, is in concussion protocol. So don't know exactly what his status will be for Sunday. Uh, and their starting right tackle, Trey Pipkins, who wasn't, is kind of their concern anyway, but he's been battling knee issues, and, and he got hurt on the same drive as Lindsay last week. So, you know, they've got some offensive line issues, certainly a lot of playmakers. But this is a, you know, if you're looking at some positives other than just victories in Josh Jacobs the last couple of weeks and Devontae Adams, JT, we haven't had multiple sack games by anybody other than Max Crosby all year. And now in the last couple, last couple of weeks, the Raiders' defensive line is starting to make some plays. And it's weird. I I know we're all focused on Mr. 300, Josh Jacobs, and the road win, and the touchdown passes to keep a minute. This is going to be a... We lose Jason? I think we lost Jason. Bobby tried to get him up again. Uh, Jason Horowitz joining us from, I believe, his home uh, back east. So we'll get him up again. Bobby will tell me when he's ready to go. He makes a good point about, you know, the guys being out in this game. As several players are out in this game, and the guys who are really important, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they've missed a lot of time in this rivalry. And those guys are really tough matchups for the Raiders' secondary because the Raiders' secondary, and, and Jason, just to jump back in that we have you back, you mentioned in the guys that are missing, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams haven't been available too much. They've missed a lot already this year. And depending on what their status looks like, I think they're, they're the key to the game because the Raiders' defense has been a soft coverage zone where they give up you know six seven yards to these receivers at the line of scrimmage these guys will lead them up if they're healthy and ready to go yeah no question that is certainly a big part jt i think i was cutting out when i was saying what i was saying last week or uh, a couple of seconds mm-hmm. ago but I, I i i don't know if you've talked about it this week or not um it feels strange to say this in a game that the raiders gave up 34 points i actually thought the defense played pretty well I don't know if, if you've felt that way the last three days or not as well, but some of the plays they made, particularly with the positions that the offense put them in with the early turnovers, the fact that they held the Seahawks to a bunch of field goals in the game and even allowed them to take over and win, those are plays that the Raiders' defense wouldn't have made earlier this year. Um, so, again, I realize it's weird to say in a game that they gave up 34 points, but they, they made some big-time plays, and it wasn't all Max Crosby. Andrew Billings, who left the game at the end, had, was in on a pair of sacks. Denzel Perriman had a couple of tackles for a loss for a second straight week. Um, you're starting to see some performances. Roderick Teamer's playing a little bit better at times. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see some play there. Tyler Hall's now added to the active roster. He's had some good plays. Um, Trayvon Merrick had a pass breakup in the end zone. That, that was big. So you're starting to see some of that stuff, and, and you know maybe that's maybe that is a big deal going into this game against the Chargers. Jason Horowitz joins us, voice of the Raiders. Eckler's played 11 games, 555 yards. That's only 50 yards a game on the ground. Yeah. But what he does in the air is pretty interesting. 45 yards a game as a receiver, and this guy's got. I couldn't believe when I I had to double check here. He's got 80 receptions. He's got 98 targets, 6.2 average here, and five touchdowns. This is what Josh Jacobs is and starting to become, again, as a receiver. Oh, my God, I didn't understand that Eckler had 90 receptions on 98 targets. Raiders got to guard this guy. 
Yeah, we saw that in week one, right? We yeah. saw they didn't run the football effectively at all. But but we knew that he was a guy you had to check in out of the backfield and all that stuff. And um, so so I look, I you when when you talk about the Chargers' weapons when healthy, they're up there as, as well as anybody in the NFL, right? Austin Eckler last year was tied for the NFL lead with total touchdowns. He had an unbelievable, you know, historic individual season. Um, so we'll see, right? Like, I mean, you're going to have I, I, the one thing that's different. They got to get off to a better start than the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, like two weeks ago in Denver, ten nothing to the Broncos. Last week, the interception on the first play, and and, uh, and and you know, you're trailing early again, and they're kind of playing back and forth the whole game. I don't feel like you can do that against the Chargers because Herbert's too good. He's not Russell Wilson the way that he's playing this year. He's not. I know how well Geno Smith played and mm-hmm. is playing, but Herbert's better than that. So I, I you kind of get the feeling like they got, especially coming back home, JT. I know you've been doing the, and I know you love the end. We all love the end, but you'd rather be at doing the pre and the post game show from Allegiant Stadium. I feel uh, like we've been on the road all year. <laughs> it is a wild, wild schedule the way it's playing out. Hey, one more thing about the players: Mac, his car is one of his best friends. Devonte, they go back to college. Derek's got some best friends, and two of them are Mac. And Devonte and Joey Bosa is a bully. He he kind of bullies yeah. Carr, and Carr doesn't take it. You know, Carr, but you know Bosa when he mocks Derek. That's the best word I can use. He mocks him from going down when he feels pressure and all this. Isn't that interesting that you got this one guy coming at you from one side who mocks you and doesn't respect you, and then the other guy coming at you is a freak, and he's one of your best friends. Yeah, I would I would call that I would call that challenging. <laughs> yeah, I would call that interesting. And I would also remember that in week one, the Chargers had six sacks and the Raiders had none. So um, if you remember, Khalil Mack's Chargers coming out party came against the right side of the offensive line. Um, So that will have to be drastically different on Sunday for Derek to have a chance. Uh, so, So are you saying that you think Derek would rather be sacked by Khalil Mack than Joey Bosa? No, I'm saying that Derek, I'm putting pressure, and that doesn't matter. This is radio pressure. No one cares about radio pressure. Derek has to, <laughs> Derek has to step up in this game, and Derek has to play at his best to avoid two of the best edge rushers and mentally be ready to go to war with Justin Herbert, who puts up big numbers at Allegiant Stadium. This is a car game to me. I, I can't expect Josh Jacobs to get 200 yards every game. I think Derek's going to have to put the team on his back and make some big throws. All right. Do I not hear Jason? Okay. I got you. You got it. Good. No, so I, I think you. this is I think this is a car game. I think Carr's gotta have a three hundred yard game, three touchdowns, scramble, run for two first downs. This is a big game for Derek to keep the season alive. This that keep the season alive is absolutely look, I, I I'm not sure what the what the phrase will be going into the game and, and the Raiders video department does a magnificent job mm-hmm. of every single week building up games. But, but the phrase should be keep the season alive. Because two weeks ago, the season felt dead. And right now, at least it, after what's happened the last couple of weeks, you know, there's still a long way to go and who knows what's going to happen. But if you get to five and seven with, with wins over two teams that look like they're going to be playoff teams or could be playoff teams in the Seahawks and the Chargers, and then you got the Rams, they stink. They don't have anybody playing anymore. And then you're home with a chance to get to 500. Like, again, these are all. These are all. Let's get down the road here. But keep the season alive is, is probably the right phrase this week. 
Have safe travels. We will see you at the torch or hear from you in the booth. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday. See you Sunday, JT. Thanks, bud. You got it, buddy. Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders. All right, I'm running a little bit late here. Bill Williamson's joining us next. He'll have a lot to say. We'll get to your calls. I'll get you at the top of the hour. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Virgin Hotels. Las Vegas. Love Virgin Hotels. It's a go, the place I go to dine. I go to Olives. Todd English's Olives. Or I go see John O'Donnell. Michael Morton. David Morton's One Steakhouse. Where a lot of Wink Wink Raiders go. Why? Because it's a great steak. A tremendous experience at the bar. So head on out to One Steakhouse the next time you're at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. Takes the snap. Back to pass. Steps up in the pocket. Fires down the middle. Intercepted! Perriman at midfield, 40, 35-30. And he's finally tripped out and taken down on the near sideline. Denzel Perriman dropped back in coverage, and he picked it off and took it back 25 yards to set up the Raiders in great field position. Love the call, Jason Horowitz, who just joined us. We're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get into an accident, they are our personal injury attorneys here and do an amazing job for us. Our good friends, Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, they listen to the show. We refer clients to them, and they are like family. So if you get into a car accident, they understand the impact an injury could have on your life beyond any physical matter. Give them a call, 702-222-9999. DeCastaverde Law Group, 702 702- Two 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 nine 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 nine. Bill Williamson covering the Raiders for SB Nation, twenty six straight seasons in the NFL. And Bill, those are some dramatic overtime games. Thank God they won them. Wouldn't want to see a loss in both those games. Now the Raiders have momentum. Yes, yeah, certainly. And you know, I, I was thinking of uh, coverage is that when they were losing, so they, they couldn't win a game, right? And now it's almost like, well, how are they going to lose if they keep doing what they're doing right now? And I'm not saying they're going to run and, you know, you know, run the table here, but they, in those last two games, they made the plays they're supposed to. And, you know, as it's chaos, as, you know, we're all chaotic as it goes to overtime. I'm like, do they really have, like, another memorable walk-off here? And then it was what happened was even more memorable than Dante – Devontae Adams, you know, 35-yard touchdown the week before. So pretty special stuff. And however this season ends, whether it continues to be in the big picture a disappointing season or they make some miraculous comeback for the second straight year and go to the playoffs, those two games are going to be remembered. Yeah, I think they are. Bill Williamson's our guest. I, I look at this team now. Paul Gutierrez just tweeted out that, you know, the, the coach just said about the possibility of Waller and Renfro coming back for the Rams. You know, they're scheduled to come off IR there, but it's going to be on a short week. I don't know what to say about this. I got to interview the coach tomorrow on this. When are these guys coming back? If they're on IR and they're coming off IR as this team is fighting for their lives, how are you covering the seasons of Renfro and Waller considering what's happening with the next guys up on this team? Well, I mean, just fit him right back in, right? I mean, uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, one of our writers at Silver Black Pride, did a story this week on how Josh Jacobs and Amir Abdullah have really kind of risen in the receiving game. 
with, with, without Waller and Renfro. And so it's just adjustments. I think what we saw when, you know, early in the year when people were healthy, and not everybody's been on the field together for various reasons, that some guys do not, you know, have the, the, the stat numbers that they expect. And I think when they get fully healthy, that will happen again, that there will be some games where it's a Waller game or it's, you know, an Adams game, and certainly it's always going to be a Jacobs game, and maybe it'll be a Renfro game. I think that's what they figured anyway. So that's just a good problem to have. So let's see if they're healthy. I'd be very interested to see if they're both back next week. But, again, you know, they're not going to be practicing until next week. So when do you practice? You practice on Tuesday and a little bit on a Wednesday. And McDaniels has shown that he's been very conservative getting these back guys back from practice. So, you know, anything's possible, but I'd certainly, uh, you know, go as far as saying it might be a surprise if they're ready next Thursday. I think okay. the perfect thing is to get them ready, fully practiced, and get them ready for the next week. Bill Williamson joins us right or insider. So the middle of the field's been wide open. They're trying to fix it. We all know they're trying to fix it. They're paid coaches on the defensive side. And I think that Justin Herbert's got to be looking at film of the Raiders' defense over the middle of the field, licking his chops. If the Raiders aren't going to stop it, you would expect Justin Herbert to attack the middle of the field with a tight end or Eckler out of the backfield. And you got to have a spy on Eckler, I would even think more so than Herbert. Herbert can run from time to time, but Eckler has been incredible this year with 80 receptions. So who on the Raiders is going to slow him down? Yeah, I mean, look at the, the Raiders haven't, they didn't have a very good defensive game against Seattle, right? Seattle moved the ball, but, you know, and we'll always remember when Josh Jacobs did, the defense did their part in the last two drives, in that last second drive of, of regulation where they were close and they, you know, maybe that, maybe it was a ticky tacky call on the, the Metcalf uh, challenge replay. Uh, and, but then, you know, after the Carlson miss in the overtime, he actually needed to make one or two plays to get in the field goal uh, range themselves. And the Raiders made plays, and, and, I, and I, you know, I like the improved pass rush from the interior. So maybe there is some defense improvement. But, and the big picture is, yeah, the Chargers got to be feeling pretty good about we can get some, uh, you know, we can get some chunk plays here and score a lot of points. And I think this, both teams are probably looking at this being a high-scoring game. So do I. Bill, I'll see you at the game. I know you're going to be in the press box. I'll make sure we find each other there. Thanks for everything. Yeah, looking forward to it. See it. You got it, Bill Williamson, Raider Insider. Appreciate that. So Mexico up 2 nothing on the Saudis here. So Mexico's up, and Argentina is about to win. So Argentina up 2-0 against Poland as Lionel Messi will advance. And this is interesting now. Argentina wins the group. Argentina wins the group, which is very important to have the greatest player in the tournament move on. Poland is the runner-up, and Argentina just beat Poland 2-0. So they both advance here, and really important for Argentina now. The best soccer player in the world is either Messi or Ronaldo. Ronaldo is alive with Portugal. That's Bobby's team, was running the show. Messi is alive, which makes it must-see television. And the United States has a game coming up. They play on Saturday against the Netherlands. Real early for us in the Pacific time zone, 6 a.m. Coverage begins, 7 a.m. start Pacific time. We're recommending everybody go out to a sports bar. Our proud partners, PTs, they can host you all throughout the valley. Vinnie Bonson, you're coming up.